Welcome to the Creative Thinking Podcast with Kim Thomas, a resource of the Village Chapel in Nashville, Tennessee. In each episode, we seek to inspire, inform, and encourage creative thinking from a biblical perspective. Through this Advent season, Kim will share readings, prayers, poems, and ponderances, reminding us of the depth and beauty of Christ's Incarnation. Find a link in the show notes to download the accompanying PDF devotional. Also, if you live in the Middle Tennessee area, we welcome you to join us in our historic chapel for our candlelight Christmas Eve services at 4 and 5.30 p.m. or streaming online at 5 p.m. Now, here's Kim. Whatever you make at whatever stage you are at in your artistic journey, you can make The exact same thing, says Dr. John Lennox, to the glory of God or the glory of self. One will bring fleeting satisfaction, and the other will build the kingdom, and will ironically also bring the utmost fulfillment to you as an artist. John Lennox is an internationally renowned speaker on the interface of science, philosophy, and religion and he happens to be the uncle of my good friend, Kristen Getty. The wisdom in his statement can set the course for an artist and change the very telos of our creative aspirations. The meaning behind why we do what we do becomes in concert with Bach, who said he wrote all of his music sacred and secular for the glory of God and the refreshment of his neighbor's And Bach and Lennox both happened to speak in harmony with Martin Luther, who believed that embracing our vocations to the glory of God is a way of loving our neighbors. This gives a deep invitation to the creative artist. Our task must be to imagine and create so as to stimulate curiosity and reflection. Not only that, but possibly to stir people to the pursuit of meaning, so that maybe by engagement with beautiful or imaginative content, we can facilitate revelation and discovery. And we can do this to the glory of God or the glory of self. And we can do it for the benefit of our neighbors. So how might we go about this? The number one fuel for imagination is staying curious, paying attention, seeing and hearing and watching. In 1 John chapter 1, John says, We are compelled to tell you of these amazing things so that our joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. These amazing things They must have been paying attention to something. Their curious attention then compelled them to tell. And the lovely side benefit of this creative act is joy. Joy for the creator and for the hearer. In the Gospel of John, he says something similar in chapter 15. He said it twice, so it must have been important. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. The act of paying attention, being curious, and then telling what we see, 
can produce joy for us and those who hear for the glory of God. So how are we inspired? By observing and asking questions? There are things everywhere. Even in the rocks around us, Jesus said that one day the rocks will even praise him. In the case of a thrown rock, the scientist asks, what equation would best describe the trajectory of an airborne rock? The photographer or the painter asks, what would a thrown rock look like? The writer asks, who would throw it and why? And then what would happen? A musician might wonder, what would it sound like? And the philosopher, theologian asks, what truth is found in a discarded rock? We just need to see and pay attention to what is going on around us and then tell, even in just simple rocks. For the shepherds, there was good news of great joy told to them by the angel. So they went to tell what they had heard. There's joy in the Lord and in his salvation. His unrelenting grace and his invitation to flourishing. This side of heaven, it is the most genuine of human joys. Joy of productivity, delight, life, relationship, goodness, fittingness, rightness. It is of bread and drink, dance and play, work, struggle, failure, success, shared sorrow and suffering, shared choruses and celebration. It is sometimes of sleeplessness or of full glorious rest. It's in shouts and whispers, intervals of pause and ceasing inspiration, ever followed by interludes of jigs and reels. There was a young man who was missing joy in the Sunday singing of the Psalms at church. He went to his father and complained of the dullness and indifference on the faces of the parishioners as they sang the psalms week after week. His very wise father challenged him to write something better, and so he did. Isaac Watts penned over 600 hymns and became known as the father of English hymnody. It is his father whom we have to thank for his massive contributions, and Isaac himself for paying attention and for longing for more joy. Watts set out to write a paraphrase of the Psalms for congregational singing. A few familiar ones you might know, Jesus shall reign based on Psalm 72, and O God our help in ages past from Psalm 90. And then our carol for today, Joy to the World, inspired by Psalm 98. In fact, this is Watts' Christological interpretation of Psalm 98. He takes a look at it through the lens of the New Testament and Christ who has come as our Redeemer. Watts truly wrote for the glory of God and for the benefit of his neighbors. 
His goal was to bring emotional subjectivity and doctrinal objectivity together lyrically. The faces of the parishioners began to sing with more joy and passion with Watts' hymns, reflecting the richness and touching on the emotions with hymns like When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. While they weren't instantly a hit or accepted in his time, these songs have become warm treasures of the Church over the years. Joy to the World is an annual must in every carol sing for us and everywhere at Christmas time. Let us prepare him room with joy and this great song that Watts penned the lyrics for and handle the tune. I'll read the lyrics for us today. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains, there's those rocks, repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat, repeat the sounding joy. No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found. Far as the curse is found, far as, far as the curse is found. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders, wonders of his love. Such a joyful carol. Watch writing, inspired by Psalm 98, through the New Testament lens of Christ our Savior and Redeemer, is certainly a joyful song to sing each Advent season. Let's look at a few of the verses for the inspiring of this song. Obviously, first of all, Psalm 98. And I think that most of verse 1 of the carol um, is inspired from that joy of Psalm 98. It just emanates throughout it. That entire psalm of nine verses is just full of joy. It's just um, ebullient. And you can look over that on your own time. Take some time, in fact, and read Psalm 98 and see if you don't find yourself coming back and singing joy to the world. Verse 2 of the carol, the Savior reigns. I think Luke 2, verses 10 and 11 speak to that. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And then verse 3, No more let sins and sorrows grow. What an incredibly creative way to speak about the hope of the gospel. 
Romans 5.20, and so many other great places throughout the epistles um, through Paul speak of this. But this is a good one. The law came in so that the transgression would increase, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. And then verse 4 of the carol, the last verse of the carol. He rules the world with truth and grace. And that really looks forward to the second coming when he comes and sets all things right. When the shalom is restored, the new creation, he rules over all the nations. John 1, 14 and 17. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten, from the Father, full of grace and truth. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. And that last verse sings how how he rules the world with truth and grace, and how we look forward to the day when that is the truth. So today, with that great joy in our hearts, We come to our prayer focus, and it is for wise and righteous leaders. And I'm going to lead us in that prayer today from a global perspective. So if you'll bow your heads and pray with me today as we close out our time. Lord, for wise and righteous leaders, we think especially of those globally who have influence or sway regarding the Middle East, leaders of Hamas, Hezbollah, Gaza, Israel, the U.S., Syria, Libya, Iran, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, and Egypt. Lord, for the courage it takes to be wise and righteous in a complicated situation, we ask for bravery and camaraderie in the face of opposition to sometimes do the right thing, to seek long-term peace to free suffering innocent hostages, to make creative plans and communication for situations that have been going on for many, many years. We ask your most amazing Holy Spirit to give us wise and righteous leaders who love justice and seek peace, to protect and preserve the innocent. Lord, You are the ultimate Prince of Peace, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you, in whose gracious name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening today. Take a moment to leave a review and share this episode with friends and family. You can stay connected to the Village Chapel by signing up for our newsletter, or following us on social media. For more resources or to support our ministry, visit our website, thevillagechapel.com.